Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the Course in Miracles podcast. Lesson 161. Shout out to all of the people. Melissa, thanks for your feedback. By the way, I'm really glad or happy that you like the song, by the way, Forgiving Robin. I, I was super triggered when you sent me that that message that one morning. It was like the fourth message I'd gotten about the imperfection of that episode, and so I was all like frazzled. I was like, I'm just doing my best. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks, Mr. David, for listening. Thanks to everyone else who has been listening. Sorry, it's 10.30 at night, and I just realized at the last minute, right before I went to bed, that I forgot to do the episode, so I'm a little yawny. But as I mentioned before, the download numbers have been going down. They've dropped down by probably 30 downloads an episode or more, which, again, this is, this is the, the part in the course where you will fall out. And where a lot of people do fall out. I believe it was, I'm going to fast forward here. For me, it was lesson 160. Yeah, I think it was like lesson 258 or something. I got stuck on for for five, six years or something, longer maybe even. So completely normal, completely natural. Had a really profound, miraculous experience this week. I was on Sunday, I was doing the lesson... I will step back and let him lead the way. Lesson I was doing lesson 155. That was, I believe, Saturday or Sunday. I, I think it was Sunday. Do the math. Anyway, um, and I, I'm just focused in on that lesson. I'm just going to let God lead the way. God, you're in charge of this day, and I'm just pacing around my apartment. And I look up, and I'm, this book from my bookshelf is staring right at me, and the book is entitled Tapping Into Wealth. And it's about this emotional freedom technique, this tapping stuff where you tap. Just Google EFT or Google emotional freedom technique and start tapping yourself, actually. Start now. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So I picked this book up, and I probably I sat down, and I read 50, 60, 70 pages just in one sitting. And just immediately started applying the technique. Then I went on YouTube and watched some videos. And I immediately started um, applying the technique, particularly for money. And one of the there's this one technique um, that this woman on one of her YouTube channels has. The woman who wrote the book, I forget uh, her name. Just Google "tapping into wealth" and go and see the the author the author of that book "tapping into wealth" and then go to her YouTube channel. But she has, she has this tapping protocol for generating money you know, or generating miracles and then also for generating money. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm just tapping, 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 tapping away all week. I'm tapping like a crazy person. I'm tapping like the good little student that I am. And I got a little bit of business earlier in the week. Or Actually, I woke up this morning and I'm getting some business. And then after that, I get a... At the end of today, I had a goal to get a, a new client um, this week. And I woke up this morning and I found out that I, had a, in fact, looks like I got one. And because, you know, if you're a coach, you have to have goals. And it's not all course in miracles all day long. And then um, I got a, a text message at about five o'clock this afternoon, right before I went to my recovery gathering, that said basically just landed me two years worth of business totaling 
well over $100,000. I'm just saying, well over, almost two, not quite two, but yeah, I, that, that, it's just amazing. I step back, I let him lead the way, he leads me, way, he leads me the way to this tapping book. I tap with the book, and then, cha-ching, I have a miracle, a, a financial miracle unfolds. You've got to be kidding me. And sorry if talking about money triggers you. Coaches typically talk about money um, just because it's part of life is money. But yeah, that was just, that was insane. It was just, I just heard God going, ha, 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 ha. Yes, you've been a good little student. Now I am rewarding you. That's how God sounds, by the way. So just keep doing this stuff. Tap into wealth, tap into the Holy Spirit, tap into love, tap into your heart. You know, this is, this stuff is no joke. This stuff is no joke, as I'm constantly saying. This stuff is real. And again, I was completely unattached. Like, I got money in the bank. The rent's paid. The bills are paid. I don't have a lot of money, but I went to a recovery gathering tonight, and I had money for a burrito, and that's really all I care about. Do I have money for a burrito and gas? Yes. So this is just like, okay, bonus. And it doesn't even matter if, like, it falls through. I don't think it will. I think it's a signed, sealed deal because I've been working with this other person for quite some time on cultivating the deal itself. But yeah, you know, just show up for God and let God, let God be in charge and surrender all your worries to God. And as I mentioned, also, I've been reading the book of Proverbs. Amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. The book of Proverbs. It's just, this is how to act basically. So anyway, without further ado, lesson 161, give me your blessing. Holy son of God. Today we practice differently and take a stand against our anger that our fears may disappear and offer room to love. Here is salvation in the simple words in which we practice with today's idea. Here is the answer to temptation which can never fail to welcome in the Christ where fear and anger had prevailed before. Here is atonement made complete, the world passed safely by and heaven now restored. Here is the answer of the voice for God. Complete abstraction is the natural condition of the mind, but part of it is now unnatural. It does not look on everything as one. It sees instead but fragments of the whole, for only thus could it invent the partial world you see. The purpose of all seeing is to show you what you wish to see. All hearing but brings to your mind the sound it wants to hear. Read that again. All hearing but brings to your mind the sound it wants to hear. So CNN, anyone? Fox News, anyone? All hearing but brings to your mind the sound, the sounds it wants to hear. Thus were specifics made, and now it is specifics we must use in practicing. We give them to the Holy Spirit that he may employ them for a purpose which is different from the one we gave to them. Yet he can use but what we made to teach us from a different point of view so we can see a different use in everything. Our brother is all brothers. Every mind contains all minds, for every mind is one. Such is the truth. Yet do these thoughts make clear the meaning of creation? Do these words bring perfect clarity with them to you? What can they seem to be but empty sounds, pretty perhaps, correct in sentiment, yet fundamentally not understood nor understandable? The mind that taught itself to think specifically can no longer grasp abstraction in the sense that is all-encompassing. We need to see a little that we learn a lot.
It seems to be the body that we feel limits our freedom, makes us suffer, and at last puts out our lives, our life. Yet bodies are but symbols of a concrete form of fear. Fear without symbols calls for no response, for symbols can stand for the meaningless. Love needs no symbols being true, but fear attaches to specifics being false. Bodies attack, but minds do not. This thought is surely reminiscent of our text, where it is often emphasized. This is the reason bodies easily become fear's symbols. You have many times been urged to look beyond the body, for its sight presents the symbol of love's, quote, enemy, Christ's vision does not see. I'm going to read that again. You have, been many ti- you have many times been urged to look beyond the body, for its sight presents the symbol of love's, quote, enemy, Christ's vision does not see. The body is the target for attack, for no one thinks he hates a mind. Yet what but mind directs the body to attack? What else could be the seat of fear except what thinks of fear? Hmm. Hate is specific. There must be a thing to be attacked. An enemy must be perceived in such a form he can be touched and seen and heard and ultimately killed. When hatred rests upon a thing, it calls for death as surely as God's voice proclaims there is no death. Fear is insatiable, consuming everything its eyes behold, seeing itself in everything, compelled to turn upon itself and to destroy. Who sees a brother as a body sees him as fear's symbol, and he will attack, because what he beholds is his own fear external to himself, poised to attack, and howling to unite with him again. Mistake not the intensity of rage projected fear must spawn. It shrieks in wrath and claws the air in frantic hope it can reach to its maker and devour him. Wow. That's some, that's some powerful stuff. It shrieks its... So mistake not the intensity of rage projected fear must spawn. It shrieks in wrath and claws the air in frantic hope it can reach to its maker and devour him. That's fear for you. To do the body's eyes... To, This do the body's eyes behold in one whom heaven cherishes, the angels love and God created perfect. This is his reality, and in Christ's vision is his loveliness reflected in a form so holy and so beautiful that you could scarce refrain from kneeling at his feet. Yet you will take his hand instead, for you are like him in the sight that sees him thus." Attack on him is enemy to you, for you will not perceive that in his hands is your salvation. Ask him but for this, and he will give it to you. Ask him not to symbolize your fear. Would you request that love destroy itself, or would you have it be revealed to you and set you free? Today we practice in a form we have attempted earlier. Your readiness is closer now, and you will come today nearer Christ's vision. If you are intent on reaching it, you will succeed today. And once you have succeeded, you will not be willing to accept the witness your body's eyes call forth. What you will see, what you will see will sing to you of ancient melodies you will remember. You are not forgot in heaven. Would you not remember it? You are not forgot in heaven. Would you not remember it? So heaven knows you're there. Would you please remember heaven? In other words... 
Select one brother, symbol of the rest, and ask salvation of him. See him first as clearly as you can in the same form to which you are accustomed. See his face, his hands and feet, his clothing. Watch him smile and see familiar gestures which, make, which he makes so frequently. Then think of this. What, are you, what you are seeing now conceals from your sight of one who can forgive you all your sins whose sacred hands can take away the nails which pierce your own and lift the crown of thorns which you have placed upon your bleeding head. Ask this of him, that it may set you free. Give me your blessing, Holy Son of God. I would behold you with the eyes of Christ and see my perfect sinlessness in you. Mm. And he will answer whom you called upon. For he will hear the voice for God in you and answer in your own. Behold him now, whom you, see, whom you have seen as merely flesh and bone, and recognize that Christ has come to you. Today's idea is your safe escape from anger and from fear. Be sure you use it instantly should you be tempted to attack a brother and perceive in him the symbol of your fear, and you will see him suddenly transformed from enemy to savior, from the devil into Christ. Wow. So this, this is just really trippy. I encourage you to read this yourself. I am always including the link in the show notes, but maybe read it on the internet, on your computer, or maybe read it um, in the actual book. Hopefully you have a book. Hopefully you're reading through the text and highlighting it like a good little ACIM student. But this stuff is so trippy. So basically... What this is saying is that, you know, everyone, pe- pe- the, the, these people, these, these people out in the world who we see as adversaries are, in fact, our saviors if we allow them to be. So I don't know if you've noticed, if you're a Facebook person, but things are just a heck of a lot nicer on Facebook now than they were pre-pandemic and mid-pandemic um, because I think people are just sick of seeing the... the th- I think everyone just kind of realized that they were, they were seeing the speck in, in their brother's eye and, and because they were seeing the speck in their brother's eyes or their sister's eyes, they were um, missing the log that was all... that was stuck in their own eyes. And whenever we see someone we don't like or we see someone acting in a way that we don't like, it's an opportunity to forgive them. And in forgiving them, we get to see the Christ in them. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. And you don't have to look too far for a jerk nowadays. You don't have to... I... I, (laughs) You didn't have to look too far to see me a few years ago on Facebook or on my previous podcast. Um, And I'm not proud of some of the things I said. They were all from ego, and they led to disharmony, you know? And there's no excuse other than, like, I'm a person. What? I'm a human. What What do you expect? As a human in the middle of a pandemic. I'm a human in the middle of a pandemic and social media. What do you expect from me? What do you want from me, universe? So... I'm willing to forgive. Are you? And, you know, maybe you're not at first, and that's perfectly fine too. The, the question to always ask yourself is, are you doing your best? 
So stay at it, stay the course, literally, figuratively, metaphorically, etc. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.